Hi, everybody. It's me, Ben Blacker, the other host and producer of Dead Pilot Society. And I am here with my dear, delightful friends, Bria Grant and Mallory O'Meara, the hosts of the Reading Glasses podcast. Bria and Mallory, thanks for chatting with me for a sec. Thanks for Thank having you us on for having us. I like that you call it the Reading Glasses. Like it's like it the way my dad would say the Walmart when we were growing up. Well, it's Reading Glasses, the Reading Glasses podcast. Oh, got it, got it, yes, okay. Um, Anyway, I'm a big fan of Reading Glasses, as you both know, and I think it is something that our listeners will enjoy as well, because they are a literate and clever group. Um, Do you want to just briefly tell the folks what Reading Glasses is about before they get this sample episode? Uh, so Reading Glasses is a book show where we don't talk about books. Uh, we don't review books on Reading Glasses. We talk about reading and um, bookish culture. We do things like help you figure out how to get a book back from someone that might have borrowed it and has forgotten and you feel awkward or um, telling you what's the best book like to read when you're trying to not wake your spouse up while they're sleeping in bed. Um, how to get a sticker off of the back of your book. Um, you know, You know, book problems. It's, yeah, it's like we, my favorite kind of book club where everyone's just reading something different, but you get together and talk about reading itself. Yeah, and we'll do specific episodes about uh, types of books. So if you want to learn about space operas or mysteries or the difference between a mystery and a thriller or um, YA books, we have all or sorts of stuff. Or why so many people love bird books. We've got bird <laughs> books for you. We have dad books. Um, we, we, we go through, we kind of run the gamut on what we like to talk about. Yeah, yeah I mean, so you're, no you're both... You, or how you read, whether you're an e-reader or a print person or an audio person, reading glasses is for you. You are both um, voracious readers, but you are also both lovers of the culture of reading, which is what I love about reading glasses. It's just like a fun chat with a couple of book nerds. So this is a great episode that you are putting in the feed, um, and I think folks will enjoy it. Do you want to like sort of pitch the new listener on some other just favorite episodes that you've done? Like you you both have been doing this show for a while now. So there's yeah, a deep library. Episode. That's amazing. Congrats. Well, we did do an episode very recently about the ideal parameters of a bookmark. So if you think that this show is not nerdy for you, get ready. We get nerdy. I love that. We also try to give people practical advice, you know, how to make time for reading. Other episodes that we've done that uh, people might enjoy is um, Mallory uh, read the Bible. She'd never read the Bible before. We covered that. It was that. an experience. It, it sure was. was. An experience. <laughs> We also did an episode on um, book nostalgia and talked about the Pizza Hut um, uh, reading program, which ever, people were big fans of. I have not heard that one. I have to go listen to that. That's hilarious. Um, we also did an entire um, snack episode where we reviewed what is the best things to snack with. And we we rated things based on crumbs versus melts, melty. <laughs> we came up with an entire system. That is so much fun, um, as the podcast always is. So, folks, um, enjoy Reading Glasses, enjoy this episode, enjoy all of the episodes. And if you are a MaxFun member, uh, we thank you for your support, both Reading Glasses and Dead Pilot Society. If you are not yet a MaxFun member and you want to become one, go do that. Uh, give whatever it is. I don't know. their instructions. Go on the website. Uh, but make sure that you check off both Dead Pilot Society and Reading Glasses because we benefit from your support. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Brian Mallory, thank you both for dropping this in the feed. I think the folks will enjoy it. And thanks for chatting. Thank you, Ben. You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're discussing bad reading habits with actor, director, writer, and co-host of Literary Disco, Writer Strong. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I finished this book that I thought was fantastic called Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. I saw you post about that on Instagram. Oh, wow. Oh, (laughs) wow. A book made for me. Um, It is about 
um, a woman who, um, a woman named Lillian who goes to this boarding school and she doesn't, she doesn't have the money. She doesn't, but she ends up at this boarding school because she got a scholarship and um, it's awesome for a little while. And she meets this roommate, Madison, and they're the best of friends. And then basically something happens and she gets kicked out of the boarding school. And so she has to go back to her life where she lives with her mother, who is not really all there all the time. And, um, uh, she goes back to like working like a crappy day job and never having enough money and blah, blah, blah. Cut to many years later, she gets a call from Madison and Madison's like, they've kept in touch over the years, but she's like, I'd like you to come work for me. And she's like, okay, great. This is great. I'm going to go live in this like fancy mansion house with this girl who like I used to be friends. Madison's married and has kids now, but I'm going to come and work for her. And like, this is going to be life changing for me. And she goes and Madison's like, Cool. I want you to be like, you know, the governess of my of these kids that my husband had in his first marriage. Oh, that never goes well. But the only thing is these kids, every time they get upset, they catch on fire. They spontaneously combust. They don't die. They just catch on fire. Oh, my God. I love this book already. And it's about her, her being with them. And it's crazy. So her, so Madison's husband's a politician and they have this other child and like she just, they are worried about these two kids because the kids are coming to live with them and the kids literally just come like ignite when they get upset and they get upset all the time. (laughs) So it's crazy. It's a really interesting book. It's a one-off, just a kind of a story about female friendship and sort of also a story about the complications of motherhood, um, you know, depending on, like uh, like adopted mothers or mother or like from previous families and like and blending families and how complicated that is but it is also about children who catch on fire which is Love just really it. joyous uh i mean it's horrible but it's like when you read it you're just like this is insane it's insane and fascinating and like also probably a metaphor i'm not a mother but i think if you're a mother you would read this and be like yeah that's what it's like when children start screaming um <laughs> oh my god um, i Amazing. Super loved this book. I got through it so quickly. You can read it really fast because it's just like a really fun read. Um, What are you reading, Mallory? So I have a dupe for everybody. Ooh. Our first dupe. A dupe, which was what we're calling books like other books. That, but that are different in a fundamental way. And yes. I have a, an I'll Be Gone in the Dark dupe. <gasps> Go on. So it's called The Third Rainbow Girl by Emma Copley Eisenberg. And it is a true crime book about a murder that happened in Appalachia in the 1970s. And uh, these two women were found murdered uh, when they like they were kind of like hippie girls and they were on their way to this big hippie gathering that was in this very small town in Appalachia in West Virginia. Um, And there was this like exploded the small town because no one could figure it. Everyone thought it was like local people. Um, Some people thought it was somewhat like someone from outside the town and but the reason why it's a dupe is because it is it's a true crime book but it's just it's not scary at all oh. it is not it doesn't focus on the like there's a few t- small moments in the book where it talks about the murder but it's like really tame and part of it is like the right the, the um the author is a writer and she spent a lot of time uh, working with like a, a girls camp down in West Virginia, which is how she found out about it. But she's from Brooklyn and it's like a lot of it is part is her, a lot of it is her memoir living down in Appalachia in like this community that she's from New York city. So like, just a totally different world and trying to get into this mindset of like not othering, you know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. like a lot of it is a history of West Virginia and how a lot of people have come, come down there and like wanted to help yeah. quote unquote help them, but they've actually completely exploited them. Right. So it's her memoir of like, why, you know, h- how should I write this in a way that isn't looking down on these people, but like is really accepting their way of life. And so if you really want to read, I'll be gone in the dark, but it's like, there's too much, you know, there's no sexual assault in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, like there actually, there's one moment that is a little bit, it's like an almost sexual assault, but it's not, it's, it's not like not nearly at the level of I'll be on in the dark. So if you want to get, want to read something like that and it just came out and it's a buzzy true crime book. So if you are like a, a kind of a true crime weenie, but you want to get into that community and you want to be part of that, those conversations, the third rainbow girl is perfect for you. The writing is absolutely amazing. Um, so that's The Third Rainbow Girl by Emma Copley Eisenberg. And mine is Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. Wilson. 
So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Jocelyn wrote in about bringing things other than books to a signing. Hi, your podcast has addressed a couple of times what to do if you're an e-reader or a library book reader and you go to a book signing. I just wanted to throw out there that I once brought a library book to a book signing. It was pretty clear that it was a library book because it had that shiny cover and a sticker on the spine, but I made sure to be very specific that I had brought this author's book from the library just in the interest of full disclosure. Not only did he sign it to no one in particular, but he drew a little picture. I don't know if this accounts as vandalism or not, but it made me super happy. I never heard from the library after I returned the book, so I assume no news is good. <laughs> this is We have to ask a librarian about yes. this, because I have no idea if this is vandalism. I, I think it is. I think it's fine. Well, here's the thing. Anybody could sign that book and you could turn it back in. You don't, it doesn't have to be the That's author. what I mean. I find weird little shit in library books all the time. That is really interesting. Let's, can we ask a librarian and come back to yeah, this? Yeah, I kind Brazos. of love this idea, but I feel like... We should ask Brazos and Jill. Okay, let's do it. Because I don't know how all the librarians feel about it. I don't want to encourage it, but I do think it's very funny. That I will say, as that. an author, if someone brought their local library's copy of Lady from the Black Lagoon to a book signing, I would absolutely sign it to that library. I would be stoked about it. Yeah, that's kind of... Really you could sign it to the library, which is kind of nice that's what i mean i think it would be really cool and i love when people get my book from the library so i would be extremely into that katie wrote in with a wheelhouse um period pieces jerk wizard protagonists (laughs) loves them in a wheelhouse don't date them don't date a jerk wizard protagonist do you like to read about them um any sort of bickering to love bickering to love style romance People love those. Well-developed female protagonist. Couples where the person who doesn't seem like they would be the boss is secretly the boss. <laughs> Subordinates with undying loyalty and unique writing styles slash structures like fake oral history, tons of footnotes, epistolary, etc. I like that Katie has more than one like people aren't who they should seem they should be. People really like Subordinates, that. We've noticed Bosses. Uh, just think they'd be bosses. Jerk wizard. You know, like I think that's real funny. I love this. Yes. So you can email readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, along with a monthly newsletter that pairs snacks and cocktails with books from both of us, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we discuss bad reading habits with Ryder Strong, we're going to take a quick break. This week, it's all about bad book habits, dog-earing pages, cracking spines, keeping your Wi-Fi off so you can read library e-books longer. Are these actually bad? Uh, We've got Ryder Strong, who is an actor, director, writer, and co-host of a show that we love, Literary Disco, in the studio today to discuss it. Ryder, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. What are you reading right now? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this on the way over and like, I usually pick like one thing, but the, the truth is I'm reading like always about five, five. Yeah, wow. I tend to like, so like I'm reading something for literary disco always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm always reading something for f- like, like sort of personal development, you know, nonfiction, history sort of stuff. And I'm in. always reading poetry. So I'm always around. So I'm just going to cover a couple things. Okay. Uh, I just finished this morning for literary disco, um, Steph Chaw's book, your house will pay. Do you guys know about this? No. It is unbelievable. We'll be talking about it on Literary Disco next. And um, it came out, I guess, last year. It's up for the LA Times book, um, like book of the year or some big award right now. And wow. it dwells. Just, it is like the one of the best books of the moment I've read in a long time. So right totally recommend. Um, yeah, it's 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 involves the it sort of starts in the LA riots. Um and uh, and then follows two families, a black family and a Korean family, and it all sort of revolves around a shooting that had occurred around the time of the L.A. riots, but then it takes it to present day. So it becomes very, very contemporary, and uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, so that one, and then I'm reading... Um, uh, I actually started diving into the poetry of Liam Rector, who is a... He's founded the Bennington Writer Seminar, which is where I got my MFA, and in my second term there, he killed himself. Oh my god! Right, which was sort of this tragedy that launched our class because he was the he had like given us all these lectures about like being a writer and the life of a writer and welcome to Bennington. Oh my god! And then committed suicide. And it was one of those things like we all kind of had a lot of resentment and we were oh all kind god. of like. Uh, but at the same time, like I realized, I'd never read his work, uh, oh. and so I just got his like his best. You should his write collection. about this. I know, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. that's kind of what I've been thinking. Is like we can cut something... this if you want to. No, yeah. no, I'm, I want to be honest about this because I didn't really, uh, to be frank, I didn't really like the guy very much. He sort of represented an old school like. Um, 
very masculine, like throwing elbows, like literary establishment, New York vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And it didn't really fit with our class uh, coming in, which included. We were all like, hey, man, we're just trying to be nice. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, what he would do to every incoming class is play the clip from um, Glengarry Glenn Ross. The you have to have brass balls, you know, yeah, the yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And no one. Qu- he would make us all watch the whole school would, would have to watch that. And that was like his thing. Oh and no God. one ever knew if he meant it ironically or how, and he didn't really I don't think he did I think what he meant it as is a like you think writing is a is a soft life welcome to the like the real writing life which is like be a salesman be you know but it was this aggressive Woof. like me, yeah so he was a very interesting fit and I realized I'd never read his work so I started reading his collect his 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 like biggest collection that came out in like 2006 like pretty much right before we started. Um, and this guy was a poet? He's a poet. And a pretty, but I think he was mostly known for his behind the scenes literary work. Like he was a very like man of letters and like, like he founded the Bennington Writer Seminar and he worked at a lot of different schools. Um, anyway, f- I just started his collection of poetry. First, first poem is about his uncle Eddie's suicide. Oh my and, God. And like, and how, like basically the point of the poem, and it's actually a pretty good poem, but the point of the poem is like, he died with a ta- top hat on because men of that era like, were willing to take their own lives and die with their hats on is like kind of and I was like as like oh, he like admired yeah and I was yeah. like oh this is so this is gonna be an interesting scary. thing to read and I don't really know that much about Liam's life but anyway so that's like taking me down this weird poetry rabbit hole wow. um and then yeah and then I don't know those are those are that's enough sorry I've been you, talking you enough you can talk about, about as reading. many books as sorry. you want don't hold back <laughs> well I was gonna say why don't you we we actually recently talked about it on this show when we had we were recommended all the book podcasts we like but do you want to tell us about Literary Disco for people who have not heard the show um yeah so Literary Disco um I mean actually following up on the heels of, of that it, it it came from it's three it's me and two of my friends from grad school from Bennington um and uh Todd Goldberg who runs the uh writing he runs the um low residency program he actually started the low residency which I just taught at last year which oh, is nice. super fun yeah at um, UC Riverside the Palm Desert campus which is great it's an amazing program he's really done a lot of great work there and that came out of having gone to Bennington and being like I, I think writing programs can can even be better than this and yeah. he, he's created one that's great and then Julia Pastel who um, lives in Connecticut so she's not really local but we you know we get on uh, we just do everything on Google chat we record uh, every two weeks and she is the founder of of a improv uh, and uh, improv troupe called CT, and then a theater company in um, it's actually a theater in Connecticut and Hartford. Um, and, but all of us were going to uh, to Bennington together, and she was going. Uh, Julia was going for nonfiction. Todd and I were both going for fiction, and we just had every night we would find ourselves, you know, staying up until two or three in the morning, drinking, playing Scrabble, and debating books. And I just when you know, sort of podcasts entered my radar around 2011 2012 and i was obsessively listening to them i was like why isn't anybody talking about books so i was like we should just do it and so we just started you know getting together and talking about books it's basically a book club um where we you know our whole a point was like that we read everything we all read all types of books and yeah that's why we both like this show yeah we don't we never wanted to be too highbrow or too lowbrow we wanted to sort of read everything in between and it's turned into you know like it's just it's now it's like we can't stop now it's just it's like you know even if no one's listening i think we're going to be reading books and getting together because it's like the best way for us to stay in touch is the three of us to be and like and like it's such a huge part of my intellectual and reading life and political life just that they're my connection with them and then my connection with our listeners you know like yeah. it's actually like this this is like even though like we don't make any money doing it like who does I guess some people make money doing podcasts but we don't we feel like we're just connected to you know it's just a huge part of our reading life at this point and I love it and yeah so. that's how modern I, friends keep in touch is you have a podcast with exactly. yes, I know. it's like how do you make friends with people if you don't have a podcast also I love that you guys actually did the thing because I feel like I'm always with people who are like I we make should a start a podcast because we're right. so interesting when we talk about things and then they don't do it and right. you actually did it <laughs> thank yes. you yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I mean it's, but you've been doing it for a long time so you did it before yeah. everyone was saying they should start a podcast right yes. right. yeah I remember like when, when it would, but now it's like kind of cliche to have a podcast yeah. <laughs> back then I would be like I have a podcast and there would literally be like one in three people who were like what's that yeah yeah in yeah, 2012 yeah. it was still like a yeah. Thing that people weren't really listening. Well, they you couldn't know. figure. I mean, the, the, I feel like the game changer was the podcast app on on the iPhone. Yeah, 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 for yeah. Sure. maybe I don't know. I and now so. you can listen to them on Spotify. You can I, listen to them everywhere. I think yeah. it was also just the popularity of certain people, like Mark Maron. Really, mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. that became like a national thing, you mm-hmm. know, like Obama was on his podcast. It was right. like, oh, this is a legit thing. Yeah. This right. isn't. 
This isn't just somebody in the garage. It is somebody in the garage. Say, but, you know, that is worth listening to. This is somebody who has something to say. So yeah, I don't know, but if you have, now I don't know how you don't. Everyone has a podcast. Everyone does. If you don't. If you have an opinion, you must have a podcast. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Well, how else do people know about your opinions? Podcasts are like assholes. Yeah. I guess you're like you assholes. can get on Twitter. Uh, That's true. So this whole episode is about our bad reading habits. Ryder, do you have any bad book habits that you want to confess? Um, I, I guess, but I also think it's my good habit, which Ooh. is... Let's, that's what the whole episode is. I think some of these are actually not as bad yeah. as the bookish internet wants them to be. I mark the shit out of my books. Ooh. I underline every couple of pages, and then I have a whole system of note-taking on the back of the book. Really? And then I keep all my books. So the Describe problem the is, system. Okay. Wait, everyone wants to know the system. <laughs> well, okay, the system, because it, it used to be I would write in the margins, right? Like in college, I would always write in the margins, but then I'd realize like you can't, like if I pick up the book a year or two later, I wouldn't know which page to flip through to find those notes in the margins. Mm-hmm. So now I underline, and then if I, if I really, I, I underline and box it, like from the outside, mm-hmm. then I can underline box and draw three like exclamation points around passages. <laughs> and then in the back, I, I just write down notes and, um, and put the page where like something is important or something thematic. And then like, I'll connect a series of pages to that. Like if I say like, you know, something like in this passage related to the history of blah, 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 then any other t- passage that relates to the history of blah, 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 I like go back in the back of the book and mark that too. Wow, so the whole idea is, is that amazing. I can pick up a book from my shelf, go to the back page, which by the way, if a book doesn't have a blank back page, I am so pissed. I don't know what to do. But you <laughs> know, sometimes they system. don't have yeah. that yet. Yeah, ruins my whole system. Right. You, uh, call, you, you, like, you call up their publisher. And like, <laughs> right. So then I, so what I do is if I pick a book up from the shelf um, that I've already read, I go right to the back page and I can like sort of walk myself through the reading process and sometimes it ends up being two or three pages if they have enough blank space in the back of the book nice uh but yeah and so it ruins the book for whoever wants to read it after me and that's the problem it's like my wife is okay she like can see past it like i've tried my brother's tried to loan books for me and he's like no i can't do it and i'm terrified now that i've ruined books for my son that's why the library because like my son is five years old and i'm gonna be like look at my great collection of books and he might not want to read them because he's gonna have to be dealing with my notes i think it's gonna be cool as hell for him to grow up and be like this is all the stuff my dad got out of this book god i I hope so so too i really hope so but it could just as easily backfire you know if he's like my dad is so pretentious (laughs) He thinks like, and I can't think for myself because I have to follow my dad. You know, like there's a whole. My grandfather and I have been reading a book series together since for like almost 15 years, I think. And I wish that I had like bar. I at the beginning, I used to borrow his versions, and I wish that they had his notes in them. And I would love to read his thoughts on everything. Yeah, I feel at the very least it'll give him something to rebel against. You know, like he can be like very important thing. This this is important. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, like he can like that will that will be something. Or at the greatest, he will enjoy it. God, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's a bad book habit. I think that there is a lot of I think a lot of things we're going to be talking about in this in the show are people looking at books as sacred objects and not wanting to mar them in any way. But I think annotating a book, I think you're just deepening your enjoyment of that book and uh, increasing your reread value. That's really the point for me. It's like, because when I go back to a book and it's blank, I'm like, where do I, it's like, I don't know. This must have been shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Or I just like, it just feels like I have to reread the whole thing. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I go back through a book, especially if it's somewhat academic, like if it's got an argument, you know, I can really isolate where, where I like, where it hit me, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's super helpful. Do you do that? Do you, cause I'm not, so I, I don't, don't do many don't physical underline. books. Well, I'm just, I mostly e-read. Wow. I e-read from the library. Say, I'm the like least footprint. <laughs> Great. No, it's so, so yeah, bad. What is your, but I have some world. bad, I have some bad what habits. What is your bad book habit? I know what, I know what it you is. You already know what it is. I, You're a book criminal. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, okay. Well, that's one. The one I was going to admit is not even that one. Oh, what I was going oh, okay, to admit is that I get books, I get too many books from the library. I'm an e-reader because I'm like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going on a trip. I need at least 15 books, of course. which is crazy. I'm going like a, a weekend trip and right. I'm like, why? Well, because at the library you can get as many as you want and you can just right. throw them on your e-reader. But the problem is the library does pay for those. And like, so after someone's checked out a book a certain number of times, the library has to rebuy that book, gotcha. the, e-ver- the e-book version of it. And if I don't read it, it is kind of a fuck you. Because <laughs> it's no, like, well, not to the author who is getting another book someone purchased. That's, you know, that's actually a really good point because yeah. I think that I always feel bad because I'm like, oh my God, I've checked out this book like three times and I've never read it, but I keep putting it on my e reader thinking, I'm going to need it for this flight. And then I just don't. 
Well, yeah. and remember the librarian we talked to that said that that was good because it shows the library that someone's interested in that book. Yeah. Three, but it's me three times. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It, yeah, I think it increases the the yeah. It's it, it's it's, it's the great of for hits, that author. That the author wants. Right. right? I guess so, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You're making okay. an author very happy. The right. criminal thing I do is that. <laughs> If the book the thing is about, that does screw over the author, <laughs> the, the, bu- the book is about to run out. You can only have it for three weeks on an e-reader, okay? It, unless unless there's no one in line for it, uh-huh. then you can recheck it out. And sometimes I'm not done with a book after three weeks, or I started reading it late, you know, something. And so I just turn off my Wi-Fi, and then you can keep the book as long as you want. See, we have Which to is truly it's, criminal. We have it's to investigate really. this though, because we do. This is sort of like Schrodinger's ebook right now, because <laughs> right. we don't know if it has returned to the library or if it's like existing oh. in this liminal space where one person has it and you still have it at the same time. No, yeah. I think it's we should, returned. It's returned, Bria. We should. I get an email saying it's been returned. I'm like, great. no, it is not. It That's is on I mean. my e-reader that's fine then that's fine we that's just but giving yourself more time out. yeah you've but already officially checked it out okay. it's not like you you went online found a pirated copy and stole it sure that or would like be sure. the physical the copy right. and just like you know locked your doors for a week yeah. right. Right. And then nobody <laughs> wait, else wait hold on it. do you think libraries librarians come to your house to they're get all the, in suits the library and sunglasses. Police. Don't know <laughs> they're like they're peeking in my windows they're like O'Mara we know you're in there you have that book it's three days overdue everyone wants to read the new Celestine. This is um, what I think happens. Why I get very nervous about my <laughs> bringing books back to the library. I know that's not going to happen. But wait, are you? Do you bring books back late? Never. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that you and I are the same person in this way? Where like I would never bring a book back late. It would make me feel insane. Yes. I mean, I guess I've done it, but I I really try not to. Mm-hmm. Like I I have a lot of. Tr- There's so many. Okay, this is just like me as a person there's so many paint cans at my house right now because you have to go recycle them at this like specific place oh, yeah, and yeah. you know this and yeah. like literally I'm like well I can't like several times I've been like just throw them in the trash Bri. throw them in the trash but you can't no, you're not you allowed can't. to but like these are like I like rules yeah. I'm, I, I want to go take them to the proper paint place even if it takes me however many months and I will return the book on time so it bothers me that I keep the book don't worry time. about it. I think it's I think a you're great fine. habit. You're totally I fine. Think you're, because like I should weird... have to recheck it out is the point. I think that you've reached a weird magical loophole. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good because it puts pressure on you to actually read the book. Yeah. Because if you were going to stick by the rule of like, oh, it has to be back, then you probably might not, you might not be able to check it out again. Or right. you just mm-hmm. won't, you won't have, but now it's like, oh, I got to turn my Wi-Fi off. So it's putting like a clock on your own it reading, d- which is good. I yeah. pretty much have the Wi-Fi off most of the time. Then I turn it on to get new books and then I'll just turn it right back off because mm. I'm always scared. Something's going to get returned. Can- I, I don't know how priests it. do that thing, but I think you can absolve yourself. Okay. All right. Okay. That's not okay. All right. That. Okay. All right. Mallory, what about you? I know you you have some bad book habits. Yeah, I am a spine destroyer. I am yeah. a yeah, cracker yeah. for sure. Oh. So you yeah. fold the book the pages back. Oh yeah. Right when you get it, right? Well, it depends. I only do it with a book that I that's how you know I really like a book. Like oh, if, you, right. if, you, if I let you borrow a book, which I no, don't let anybody borrow books. But I just <laughs> don't. Know, just you know. Know. Just, just you know. I borrow books from Mallory. She lets yeah, me borrow. Oh, Bria, good. You guys Bria have a special But also we see each other enough to where like she knows she's gonna get it back. But I just also we're we're fresh. Um, but I that's how you could I only do it with my books but if I really like a book like 50 pages and I'm like oh I really like this all of a sudden I'm like look around and just crack it doesn't it fall apart then like isn't it often like I have one book that has fallen apart um, but I I don't know like I think because I, when I was a kid, I was such a, uh, like, I read all the time and I would eat when I read and, like, yeah. you know, would get lemonade on the book and whatever. <laughs> my cats drew all over my books all the, all the time that I like to be, I hate when you're reading and you're, like, it feels like you're sneaking it in because it's such a tight binding that it's hard yep. to really get in there. I just want, and I my big thing is I like my books to lay flat because I like to eat and read. Yep. And I, well, I used to have a book weight. Lost it in my last movie. Do you know what a book weight is? This is the dorkiest thing that Mallory owns. So it actually and Mallory owns the dorkiest shit. She owns the dorkiest shit in the entire world. So what it's, is, it's just a long weight? Like yes, a, yes. It is two pieces. I love of, that you knew what it was. Oh, it makes sense because I would totally want one now. Oh, I know I, what I you're getting for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's two weights connected yeah. by a piece of rubber and the whole thing's covered in rubber and you lay it on and it's, the rubber's important because you can have it upright and it doesn't slide down but it keeps the book open. But even with... Yes, it's incredible. It's a game changer. Major, but even with the Sean is dying by the nerdiness of this even with the book weight like especially like a mass market paperback it's really hard to read sometimes so if yeah. I like a book I just want to get right in there uh-huh. and sometimes when I'm reading like if I am getting up to go do something I'll leave the books like face down open on my bed yeah 
and I just destroy books. Yeah. This this spine cracking thing makes me feel it's like a little bit like popping your fingers. Like, aren't you not supposed to pop your fingers? I think so. I, do I think all. there are reasons. Oh, that's like, making me want to crack my knuckles. Wait, listen, really someone says pop your fingers. You call it crack your knuckles. This, yeah. is, a, this is a regional thing. Yeah. Uh, pop uh, your fingers sounds more magical. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get my fingers. No, crack your knuckles does sound worse, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm from the Boston no, area. If you say close. pop your fingers, it makes my fingers hurt Like because I want to pop them so yeah, bad. I, know, I, I, like, I feel like that's you with that spine. Oh, yeah. I love it. You know, like it makes you like it feels so good, bad. Well, it all <laughs> at the same time. It also makes the book feel really lived in, especially. Yes. I'm rereading it yes. and I open it up and it's like a worn it's like a pair of boots that's perfectly yep. worn in mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. I like th- like there are some books that I reread every year and I open them up and like the spine is really loose and I like it just falls right open yep. and I'm like oh yeah yeah I'm all about using and abusing your books I think that that's ruin them yes. <laughs> have you ever done it to a library book no, that's you the, would not. That's the other thing is because uh, again, I know that library books have to have a little bit more of a shelf life, literally. Yeah, and they <laughs> like I, I almost did it. I the book that I'm reading. I think it's th- this episode. I'm reading this, reading the third Rainbow Girl, this new true ri- crime book, and I went to go put it down face down. Ta- face down on my bed and I got up and I was like no because <laughs> I know that it has to especially you Survive, know hardcover yeah. books are a little bit more sturdy when it comes to that but I yeah well can we talk about that in general like hardcover books are worse reading yes they're for better sure. uh, for preserving like I am yes. always happy af- having read a hardcover book but carrying around a big uh, hardcover book sucks I love it's a trade traveling with it it's like this is, oh, but, but then at the end of it I'm always happy when it's on my shelf yes. it's yes. Like, yes. so like, what I want is what y- what I feel like what they used to make and I know because I have some old books from like the 19th century they used to do small hardcover books do you know what Ooh, I'm talking yes, about yes, yes. I, have, like, I have some Sherlock Holmes books that yeah, are small hardcover. Exactly. Yeah. and those are great like mm-hmm. where they're almost like they're more flexible and they're, they're just smaller like we should bring that back like yeah. really good like b- bound like I don't know what exactly I know Bria loves a small book I love a but small yeah, book a small like hardcover book you know like that would be yes. to carry around because I don't know but, but I guess it's just your so purse expensive better. yes it's easier your, to carry yeah mm-hmm. and is it that the writing has to be smaller the pages to, have to be thinner Oh, the pages. Oh, you have those little like onion pages, essentially. Yeah. Like, onion, what do you call them? <laughs> they yeah, are called onion pages. Yeah, yeah. No, onions are pages. Yeah. I'm just gonna, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, there was something we were supposed to test out for the show that we yeah, never I did. know that came to me. There's oh, actually a new kind book? of book they're releasing. We may have to cut this because I don't remember the. I feel like it's a John John Green? John Green book. I got it. I was looking for Alaska, but it's printed this way. Wow. So, so okay, so the book is like uh, a rectangle. Okay. And it's printed like th- like. Uh, across the long part of the rectangle and it's very small but it's a whole book and I don't understand how they were able to put that book in and there and the ideas to they just look like, it looks like that we'll put a photo and of it you, on that and you read it like this up and down oh yeah. am I ta- am I wrong about the way you no, no you're 100% right it's like weird. an easel Oh, it is okay. like so. It's we, that way. So it's yes, printed. It's printed I'm the gonna, short way. Then yes, they're oh. called penguin min- minis. I'm going to buy another one right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like it's an interesting idea because it would be like I the totally perfect forgot. travel book, yeah. but not that cute on your shelf. Right. Like if we're talking about like shelf life yeah. and shelf beauty, it's not necessarily the book you want for that, but it is convenient. Mm. I think they only printed John Green books. That kind of checks out for me. Yeah, That's cool. I don't know why. That's weird. Gimmicky. All right, so before <laughs> before we talk like. about more book, bad book habits, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, now we're back. What do we all think about dog earring pages? I'm assuming that Ryder, you and I are. Oh, you're not a dog eater. No, oh, I don't actually. But uh, you know, oh God, actually, I forgot. I do with poetry books. That's <gasps> how I mark which palms in the book I like. So, um, so when I pick up an old uh, poetry book, because I actually don't underline or make many notes on poetry, I just like to read them and well, experience it's them. It's not as many things to write about. I guess not, or, <laughs> or it just kind of gets ridiculous. Like I'm just circling up a, a you know a a stanza I like or whatever. <laughs> and whereas you know usually you can just reread the whole poem. So I'll just dog ear uh, the poems that I like, and and I know a good collection if I pick it up and I have like ten dog eared you know out of the thirty poems or whatever. And then if I if I only have like one or two, I'm like oh, that poet. That collection didn't really do it for me. You think t- so? This is this is a side note. Mallory and I are trying to read more poetry this year, mm-hmm. and do you think ten is a lot to like out of a poetry yeah. collection? Really? Yeah. If they if they have like thirty or forty poems in their collection, I think for me, like dog earring ten is means like those are ten I want to revisit. Okay, again. I would so agree with that. I feel like yeah. when I read a po- most poetry collections, a third of them I really like, mm-hmm. a third of them are fine, and a third of them I'm like meh. Okay. 
I mean, you know, honestly, like, I just don't get a lot of poetry. Like, you know, and I think we all have to admit that, like, we don't know why people are writing half the things (laughs) they're writing. And, like, and and honestly, like, I just don't put that much pressure on myself. If if, if I'm, like, if sometimes I look at a poem on the page and it's, like, too dense or uses too many weird words, I'm, like, I'm just not going to ever get into this. I'll skip that one. I'm, like, I don't put the pressure on myself. Like, if I can find a poem I do like, I gravitate, I remember it, and, like, that's good enough for me. You know, like, I don't want to beat myself up too much. Like, yeah, I 100% agree. What do you think, Bria? Are you do you ever dog ear? Well, I don't. I don't read physically that much. I you just do. fold your e reader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I break an e reader every time. Well, wait, you, I don't understand. But in your e reader, you can bookmark things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you do any of that? I no, don't that just... often because you open it up and it's at the page you were just at. Um, I underline. You can underline on the e reader, and it actually keeps it all like for you. It's like oh, cool. in some. I haven't bookmarked what I, whatever it is. I found it at some point because it's actually kind of hard to find. I think it's on. Oh, weird. Because I read on a Kindle, so it's like an Amazon thing. Right. So right. it's on some Amazon page. Everything I've ever marked. So Jeff Bezos owns all. He the knows what I love. He's sitting there going, ooh, Ooh, really? really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What about about looking up words? Do you look up words often? Yes. See, that's, I would love that. that Because I am, I love looking up words and I'm always having to pull out my phone and type in a word. But you have to turn the Wi-Fi on to do it is the only thing. So if I'm cheating the system, you cannot do it. But otherwise, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, but I do and it is helpful, actually. It's super helpful. Cultural Um, references, I think, are also, like sometimes you're reading an older book and it'll talk about like a movie or something and I'm like I don't know what that is oh it's funny that you say older book because the cultural references I don't get now the newer ones yes, yeah. there are like people I don't know who they are and right. the fucking like acronyms for shit where it was like someone yeah. I was whatever I was looking at this cheerleaders Instagram you were watching that cheer that documentary cheer documentary so good so and I was looking at her, and her entire <laughs> just finished it two nights oh ago. my god it's so great it's amazing well Lexi has a bunch of random like I was looking at her Instagram to see how she's doing because I was right. just I was worried I, about her she, I was concerned about at the end of the show <laughs> and she she's still dancing these, in that club it's like <laughs> she's, she's still, she still vaping and dancing in that club anyway, oh come no on. she's yeah. married it's so lovely oh, okay. yeah it's good, great good. Um, but she, she um, had a bunch of just like letters on there and I had to look all of them up and I still don't understand what they mean it's like fighter something I was like what is this even about oh anyway God. but that's the stuff I look up now is a, is they like, have that though yeah yeah I, imagine like the 45 year old man whose actually, job it is to put new acronyms into the Kindle uh, no actually I don't know if they have them on the Kindle this is what I do on the internet yeah you have to go to Urban Dictionary he's like he's just like typing them all in I just I love this but you know I will say like I think I think there's there's an argument to be made that the um, the there's an inverse proportion like the inverse relationship of amount of cultural references and quality of book. <laughs> like, no, seriously, like if you're referencing so many like contemporary yes, yes, things, yes. you're like relying on like some kind of like trigger, like hey, you get me. Da, da, da. And it's funny, like we had this it, we had this issue uh, when we started reading Stephen King, like contemporary Stephen King, because yes. when you read Stephen King as a kid, like I did, all the cultural references feel like more solid because they're like adult culture, and you're like, yeah. oh, there's he's referencing these like Alvin Brothers songs yeah. and like baseball team, yep. you know, whatever. But then when you read them now and it's like Harry Potter this and you're like Jesus this is like you're just you just are in Stephen King's mind as he's like engaging with pop culture and it's kind of a trick it's kind of a thing it's like a tick he does to like keep his books relevant and it's like that's like just you know I don't know so I I would make an argument that's the closest I'll ever come to because we have a rule on reading glasses we don't talk about books we don't like but I will be very general in that like if I'm reading a book and it's relying so heavily on me understanding a certain TV show or something, I will stop reading it. There was a short story I read once that had a bunch of doctor who references of which I've, I'm not a doctor who person. I know there is a doctor and that's about as far as I know. I'm the same way. All I know is that it spans generations <laughs> and there's somehow a phone booth involved yes, in and time travel. And, yeah. lady. and that is fine. The new one's a lady. I'm right? excited about that. But if I, it's the sort of thing where if you are relying so heavily on that yeah. that I don't understand what's happening in the story because I've never seen Doctor Who, it's, it's not good writing. No, yeah. With the exception of like essays. Like modern right. essays. You know, yeah. Like, I will essays. say like um, in Guy Branham's memoir that came out a couple of years ago that we both really liked. Um, he has an essay about uh, who killed Liberty Valance and I've never seen that movie but he does a good job of like Mm -hmm. explaining explaining it yeah and how it relates to his relationship with his father that's fine yeah yeah Uh, I don't dog ear books wow but I support dog earring. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You're in a fan club for dog earring books. I am a, I, as kids. Speaking of uh, of uh, new 
kid you nomenclature. I stan it. Oh, stan it. I'm standing it. Wait, what's? I don't know what that means. Oh, I've heard it before, I think but it means I don't like know. Like you're like a fan of something. Why, Sean? Do you know why Stan? Oh, because of an Eminem song, right? It's oh a, right, because he's the stalker fan, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because of an Eminem song called, oh. I believe it's called Stan. Yeah, from, but it's weird because that's a song from like the '90s. And he's a stalker. He's like, it's like obsessive, and he murders somebody. It doesn't right? seem good to me, but also I'm too old. Yeah, we're right. really. but okay. but are we Eminem? We're too old for Eminem. Mm-hmm. Eminem was popular when we were yeah, yeah but twenties. People my age don't really. They're, they shouldn't be saying it. Okay, fine. Okay, so you, uh, okay, you stand dog ear, dog ear. Okay, and I don't do it for two reasons. One, I'm afraid that it will come undone in some way because I oh, like carry books around a lot. I'm like, what if I drop the book and the page gets unflipped? Interesting. And then I'm screwed. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, I have so many fucking bookmarks yeah. that if I dog eared a book, I feel like all of them would look at me in disgust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> collect. There's bookmarks. never. I, I collect them. It's one of the things. And you use them. You I use, do use uh, them all the time. Because one of the, my things is if I'm traveling is like a book hack instead of buying, because I like to go to bookstores wherever I travel, we're all over the world. Uh, but instead of buying books from there, because sometimes that's really hard to travel with, I'll get a bookmark from mm-hmm. there. Uh, and I have so that's fucking fun. many of them that I, and I try to cycle through them. So if I dog eared them, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What a waste of time. Yeah. So I use my bookmarks, but I, I, I'm fine with dog earing. I was once shamed by a man in a coffee shop when I was reading. Oh no, was he working I, on his book? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was reading a comic book, like in a, um, like as a, in a trade and I dog eared the page. Cause I was like traveling and I didn't have anything and whatever. And I dog eared the page and he's like, you do that to your comic books? A total stranger. And I was very lonely at the time. And I was like, I wish this man would just talk to me. Like, but you don't want to date that guy. (laughs) I didn't want to date him, but I wished he would have had a full conversation with me instead of shaming me. What Um, a jerk. But yeah. yeah, But honestly, you don't plastic wrap your comics. He's honestly not wrong. Sometimes I view them as art and I was like, oh, I put fingerprints on it. Yeah. (laughs) I have not dog eared a page since he did shame me. enough. I don't. I'm going to dog ear a comic just out of spite. Yeah. yeah, I guess comics I can kind of see Cause like because it is art. And you yeah. want to look at, but uh, but honestly, I also I fold yeah, that's movie what, posters. I do. I break the rules. Yeah, it's your book. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. speaking of, what do you, I know how you feel about this, Bria? What, do you will you eat or drink when you read? Uh, yeah, definitely. Not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What am I saying? Yeah. I, it's not like I plan on it, but like <laughs> if I'm reading and I'm hungry, I will go and and I'm definitely always. I mean, I drink coffee 24 hours a day, so like I will always be drinking coffee while I'm reading or tea. Definitely. Do you know Mallory eats with uh, chopsticks when she's eating spicy Cheetos, so she doesn't get them on her books? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> It's my favorite Book gallery out. fact. That is, oh yeah, yeah. Reading with one hand, flipping the pages with a pink, with one finger, and, and then eating my spicy Cheetos. Oh, that's, that's how she doesn't get them on the book. That's genius. It's pretty amazing. It yeah. is a game changer. Um, do you know the poem "Marginalia" by Billy Collins? No, you have to read this poem. <laughs> you will love it. It's all about uh, the things people write in the margins, but it also includes food stains and to stand oh. like it's just an exploration of this issue, and you will love it. I, like it is, it's a great poem. It's a great poem. See, thanks to my spine cracking and book weight although I need to buy a new book weight <laughs> very upset about I need a book weight I need definitely they're like ten dollars book weights when they come on the show this we should, is, this we should, should be our gift remember we all oh, yeah, we flirted with getting oh, doing a reading glasses book weight yeah. yeah we could do that but then we had to buy like a thousand of them yeah or yeah make them look yeah. like glasses yeah oh that's so uh, cute we'll never do we that. actually contacted <laughs> we were talking to one company about it um but be, I, I do eat when I read but because I'm not actually the book is like open I'm not touching it so i i do eat when i read but i'm not there's not a lot of crossover happening mm-hmm, here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what about skimming parts you don't like or are you a f- read the ending first kind of guy no i know i, I don't do. i don't read reviews i don't read the back Same. of the book Mm-mm. i don't read anything if if i'm reading a book it's usually because somebody has recommended it to me or for some some reason it's like entered my world and that at, at that point no like i don't want any spoilers Same. i don't want to know anything i want to be as like basically you know pure going in as yeah, i can I want, i'm saying the same thing with movies i yeah. if i like a movie mm-hmm. no or I, trailers i knew oh I, I know i want to see a movie i will not watch that's why i didn't watch the trailer for your new movie because i wanted to see it so bad mm-hmm. like i just won't i just don't want to know anything yeah okay what if you're three-fourths of the way through a book and it's not and you've realized you don't like it do you skim the rest of it and then 
say you've read it? That's what, we, that's what me and Bria do. <laughs> no, I, I tend to beat myself up, put it aside, try and pick it up again a week later, put it aside, Dump pick it up again, writer. and then just realize I'm never going to finish this Even book. Even if you're three, four, And then I sit there and I like feel horrible. Like <laughs> I still, like I still, I remember the books. I didn't, fin- like the, the big one was, do you guys know this book, um, Shadowlands by uh, Matthew Essen. Do you know this I have book? not read it, but okay. I know. It won like the National Book Award. Yes, yes, yes. But it's like, you know, 800 pages oh, and it's no so, thing. and it was like one, of, and I had read his nonfiction book, uh, The Snow Leopard, which was brilliant. It was all about him like hiking the Himalayas and, and you know, finding the elusive snow. Le- and it's this brilliant, and he's like a really smart guy. But this was a novel and it was all about Florida. And man, I tried so many times and it's just like, and I still feel guilty. Every time I see it on my bookshelf, I'm like, why didn't I finish that Ooh, book? Ooh, you keep it. You keep yes. it around to stare at you and give you like guilt, I'm a guilt stares. Yeah. Wow. No, See, wow. what's funny is I'm actually the, I, the mo- I'm more likely to skim the shorter the book is. I'm more likely to dump it forever if it's a wicked long book. Yeah. I have put down books because I, if they like, if I've read 200 pages, 300 pages into a book and I have another 200, 300 to go, yeah. I'll just dump that book. I'm not going to skim. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to skim 300 it. pages. It's not worth it. No, it's no, too no. much. If it's, no. if it's like 50 pages left, 100 pages left, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to power through this and just see how it ends. I've but let myself off the hook with nonfiction. That's what I was saying. Because it's like, once you get the point, you, you, <laughs> you know, and I, it was like, I yes. read this somewhere, Some it was some reading advice column and I've totally taken it wrong with it to make myself feel better. But the idea is, if you get the argument that they've made, you know, most nonfiction books, they're, they're saying something pretty bold. They get, and then they say it, and then you're reading chapters to sort of elucidate their point. Yes. Yeah. And if you get to like chapter four or five and you've gotten the point, you can put that book away. Yeah, because like, yeah. they're just repeating yeah. the same thing. You're like, yeah. I get, yeah. we're finding new, like different yeah. ways to prove yeah. it. Yeah. And if you either agree or disagree or whatever, you ha- you've kind of gotten the gist enough to be able to have conversations about the book, which mm-hmm. is kind of the point of those. Is to, like, actually, I feel yourself. like that's something you learn in grad school too. Because right. in grad school, I feel like I would be like, I understand yeah. the point. Like, I, I can talk about this in a class enough to people will believe right. I read it. Exactly. <laughs> and those are the kind of books that I'll actually keep around because if you're like, oh, I need something to like bring to the beach or something and you just right. want to like read a chapter of something yeah. and you're mm. like, I still remember what this is. You're bringing like nonfiction books with an argument to the beach? Yeah. Wow. Wow, yeah. you too? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. God, no. Because it's just like you can read a couple like a couple of chapters and then put away for another year. Mm. Okay, got it. Okay. You know, so, and then you'll get like a cool, interesting fact to tell somebody at a bar. I, totally. I'm so like black and white. I can't like leave a book on my shelf for a year and be like, maybe I'll return to it. It's like that book is out. Gone. Yeah. Or well, you have, you are very, ex- getting a, a book on Bria's shelf is a very exclusive Yeah, yeah, because I don't thing. buy that many books. Right, yeah, right. It's true. Will you buy a book if you like read an ebook and you love it? Will you go out and buy a copy of the book just to sometimes have it? because I like to give it to people right. if it's like one that I'm like like I just did it with a book that I really liked last year that I'm trying to get like this director friend of mine to read and like I went and bought that for her yeah um, and I don't know if she'll ever return it like I kind of like maybe maybe I'll just give it as a gift maybe that's more of it but yeah yeah. yeah. All right, so you can send your thoughts on bad book habits to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we solve a listener problem, we're going to take a quick break. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Claire writes in, I don't often buy books. I'm a library girl. Bria, is this you in disguise? I wrote, I wrote this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when I get a hardcover, I have trouble with the dust jacket. After carrying oh. around the book in various bags, the jacket usually gets a bit banged up and it's annoying to have on while reading. But when I take it off, I don't know what to do with it so that it doesn't get even more ruined. What should you do with dust jackets? How, how do you preserve them? Should you? Currently, most of my hardcovers are jacketless because I took off the jacket out of frustration and then either, either accidentally stepped on it lost it or crushed it under other books by accident please advise writer what should this, this is your hardcover this yeah. is your hardcover and i have complaint. the same problem i do the exact same thing i take i always take the dust jacket off immediately when and you buy I, the book when i start reading it yeah right. once That's i once so i like interesting because i don't want to like it's just annoying it's just annoying it's always in my way it's mm-hmm. always coming off in my bag or whatever so i take the dust jacket off and i put it on a pile of books and then yeah it gets crushed because then the next book goes on top of it and I have like this weird, awkward stack of dust jackets. Yeah, it's horrible. I've dust literally suck. never taken a dust jacket off in my entire life. And you're really? fine. You can deal with it. Like, I use it. As I reading. use it as a bookmark. Yeah. I tuck, unless it's like wicked fat, like a big honker. Like I and you yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know when it's like so thick that the jacket's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you try to wrap a present on Christmas and yeah, you yeah, yeah, like have so much wrapping paper left, and you're like, ugh. And then you just tape it to the box. Basically. Oh, <laughs> I, I use it as a bookmark. I've never taken the jacket off. That's funny. That's but good for you. I just. I don't know why. I feel it's like a nude book. Yeah. <laughs> you 
feel embarrassed for the book. I'm like, you're gonna put a, like a towel around it. It just looks <laughs> naked to me. Right. You never put it on the shelf. Mm-mm. Oh, you mean what do you mean? Like, like after- shelve the jacket when you're not reading it. No, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I think. Well, okay, so, okay, take the, so take the jacket, put it on my bookshelf. Where just that book by, would where go. Where that book would go. Yeah. And wait for, oh, perfect. Yeah, that's a great system. <laughs> wait, I will wait. now use so that So are system. you putting like nasty old, like like ripped up dust jackets back on the book yep. and then putting it on the shelf? Yes. So my wow. books look like shit. I yeah. Guess. Okay. Okay. On wow, the outside. Yeah. <laughs> on the inside, they look beautiful and annotated. On the inside, yeah, they're all, they're all <laughs> marked up too. You, when you've read a book, it is like very loved. Yes. It is very like, yes. you know, used. Evident. Yeah, yeah. You can never sell your books. No, I don't want to. Okay, fine. No, definitely. <laughs> so you all that when I when I do it. like the yearly book purge where I go through, it's always throwing away books that I've either been given that I'm never going to read, like review copies that get sent to me, mm. or uh, things that I've like bought in like a burst of you know, like I'm going to do this like ten years ago and I've obviously never gotten around to, and I'm never going to get around to. Those are the mm-hmm. books I get rid of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I keep everything I've read. Yeah. Hmm. So I my. My dad must have had a problem with this when he was, because I have a lot of his old books. It's like some of the books I have, and they don't have any dust jackets on them. And they're all old, like all, he has like all his old Kurt Vonnegut books from God knows when they were published. Like, I mean, they would be worth so much. I know, I know, I know. And they're all, they all have no dust jackets on them because they're hardback, but no. What does he do? Just dump them? Well, I don't know. My dad was an eccentric weirdo, and so I'm sure he just like threw them into the wind and they just like <laughs> flew away or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I, who could say where they were? They're somewhere like in the house, in his old house. I don't know. So the who real thing say? you should do is laminate your dust jacket, right? Because that's what the library shit. does. Laminate. That's what the library shit. does. Like when you get a, yes. a, 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 it's laminated and then taped. To the book, it's right? actually not even laminated. Yeah, so I used no. to, I worked at a library in high school, and I uh, you had you they, there's these plastic things they make, and you they're not necessarily laminated. They're actually really hard to do. You put them on over the book if they still do it this way. I don't know, it's twenty years ago, but they put you put it over and then you tape them to the book. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, but you, you can buy those. But it would be that's some next. You could also shit. just but tape like your, that would take care of the problem. Like or it would preserve I think, it I and tape Claire it. So should just take them off. Put it on the shelf where that book would yes. go. Yeah, that's a good And then call. just put it back on. I do think the problem is that writer has is the problem everyone else has is there's no spot for that book yet, right? Because you ha- you don't have a spot for it because oh, it's been sitting enough. in a TBR pile. But you might as well make it. Yes, you can make it. You could just make it. And then that, that encourages, because the other thing that happens is I have a like pile of 10 books that have not been shelved yet that yes. are like, you know, mm-hmm. that I've already read. So this would encourage me to put them on. Also, also, maybe uh, buy paperbacks. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's I also have a, a radical idea. If this person really doesn't want the dust jackets, you can cut it into a, a cool little bookmark. Oh. Wow. Because like they make it out of the book cover and then sure. that, that bookmark is for. Could become a bookmark. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Then that bookmark is for that book forever. I don't hate a naked book like you did though. There's something about them that feels kind of, maybe it's because that's what I our books like look, maybe, look like growing up. And I'm like, they're kind of romantic. Mm-hmm. You that's, know? I feel like it's because I didn't grow up with it. Like no one uh-huh. in my family, ever, like I never, maybe I'm like a weird Christian kid who never saw a boob until. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you think normal kids just are shown boobs all the time? <laughs> I, mean, like, I think like if I grew up with seeing naked dust tag, I'd be like, oh, whatever. But because I never did that. Like if I saw one now, I'd be like, oh my. Yeah. A nude book. There's yeah. also something about carrying around a hardcover with a dust jacket that's a little bit like advertising what you're reading yes. that makes me a little uncomfortable <laughs> like I don't I don't mind people knowing what I'm reading it, honestly it's but it's like, some of them are just a little garish or a little like in your face whereas what like what are you reading right I don't know I'm just thinking <laughs> I, I, I just I do have this feeling like I like the sort of blankness of a, of a naked yeah. book when I'm carrying a big like hardcover around because then people have to ask me like what are you reading mm-hmm. and then that's I've had like good conversations based on that like introduction as opposed to if it just says you know whatever you're reading everyone just they might not talk to you about uh, it. At, well, that's my the thing that I hate is when I'm reading by myself. If I'm like at a bar reading, and like even though the book cover's out, some guy will be like, "Oh, what are you reading?" And I want to be like, "Fucking look!" <laughs> it's on. It's on the book cover. It's on. I'm right there. Has there been a cover you've been embarrassed of that you were carrying around and you're like, "I really don't want anybody to know this book." Um. Yes. I, make every man want you. That, that, no. Mine is this book I, called "Make Every Man Want You." Which no, we talked about. For, for literary disco, you know, we've done Sweet Valley High. Oh yeah, we did. Um, like, why the, is weird, this the weirdest was I was, in, I was doing jury duty, and uh, it was uh, Nancy Drew made me a little uncomfortable because <laughs> I was like surrounded by strangers at like you know in the L.A. County like so court terrible. office courthouse or whatever reading Nancy Drew. It just felt yeah. like oh, I am just the most juvenile 
yeah. like, dude. People like, sitting, don't pick him for the jury. Was, yeah, and really I remember funny. being very insecure about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there. I guess those are the times. And like, and then for book a book club, we did read Fifty Shades of Grey, and I remember just I decided to read the electronic version, even though I yes. hate ebooks. I was like, you could take a dust jacket off another book and put it yes. on the Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey. Yeah. But apparently, that was like why one of the reasons that Fifty Shades did really well, right? Is because it was simultaneous to the sort of ebook moment, and yes. like, yeah. so people, it was really popular because people could download whatever they wanted and not feel. And it was also judged, for free you know? for a while. Oh, really? uh, okay. Well, because it was originally. Wasn't fan it originally fiction? Twilight yeah. fiction. Yeah. Yeah, 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 well, it yeah. was. I remember right when it came out, I think, because it, it was when I, my, my, even though I remember. I can't remember how old I was, but one year my mom was like, oh, do you want an e-reader for Christmas? And I was like, no. And she got me one anyway. And it came with 50 Shades of Grey no, on it. It's like, right, it's, like that iPod, like, it's like that iPod that came with YouTube. Well, it was like, I was like, all right, well, I got this fucking thing. And it was like right when it was like Hunger Games was really big mm-hmm. and 50 Shades of Grey had just come out. And I was looking at all like the cheap or free ebooks. And I remember the two big options were like 50 Shades of Grey or Hunger Games. And I was like, well, I guess I'm reading Hunger Games this weekend because I'm not really interested mm-hmm. in this. And but I think the, for the, for a while, the first one was like either free or 99 cents like as an ebook, and the, everybody was reading it. And it got, yeah. How was and it? And it just became a thing. Oh, you haven't read it? No, I haven't read it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I mean, it's horrible in, and like, it's Is horrible in so many ways, but mostly the writing. Like, it's just so poorly written um, and, and and like not even titillating enough to, to like rationalize that bad of writing. It's mm. just bad. But you know, I think I think it just became it became a cultural hit, phenomenon. Well, you know, and, and like I think what it did is it hit on this moment where a lot of women were like you know, wanting like to like, I think all the BDSM stuff like hit on a weird cultural moment for a lot of people. Yes. And it was the fact that it was written by a woman too. You know, Mm -hmm. I think like the idea of like a sexy book for women written by a woman, which obviously there's a whole romance novel tradition, but this was sort of outside of that. It was like something new and different. And I, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of rip off, you know, BDSM or, you know, alternative sex life streams of, of of literature but at the time man I, it was just such a fun like we in our book club like you know somebody was like oh we're gonna do this we we're all like ah. I remember <laughs> it just became I, such a, I mean Saturday Night Live was doing bits about it you yeah. know it was just it was the but book I, you had to read but I, I kind of like that you write I mean I feel like there's books like that that I haven't read and I kind of right. wish I have read I mean I couldn't no. we have to read a romance book this year and I was considering that one I finished my my romance novel yeah she was reading like a Viking romance novel well, how was it you know what? It was because it had a murder mystery in it. It was pretty good. There were some moments that made me laugh really hard. Yeah, but I was actually pretty impressed with it. We did one romance novel on literary oh. disco, and um, we've been criticized because it, it wasn't good. And we've been told like we chose a, a, a particularly a bad one. Yeah, you know, like there there are indeed good romance novels, but I don't know. I'm always kind of like the whole point of this book is to just sort of appeal to a fantasy, you know, and yeah. it's like. By, by its very nature, is that going to have a level of like realism that I don't know? Like uh, the one that I read was really really good. Oh, cool. Okay. That's and great. well, and I I remember when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. Uh, I had a friend in New England who owned a chain of uh, like sex toy shops, and he was like, "This is the best thing that's ever happened." Oh yeah, he's like, "But so was he was probably because stuck. he was like, there were so many like." middle-aged women who were like moms who would come in and like See, I just read Fifty great. Shades of Grey can that, you give me some bees to put that, that probably opened like, up so many people's lives like, yeah and their marriages brain, were and their safe marriages quite literally <laughs> <laughs> either way fine probably fine. a little bit anyway right, right. <laughs> but uh, like yeah. I don't know how we got to anyway Sorry. put your put your dust covers on the shelf where you think you're gonna put the book I think we can all agree yeah well now what I want to do is I think my next hardcover I buy for myself and read I'm going to try to take the dust jacket off and see what my you might have just changed my life yeah well you definitely changed mine I'm going to save my dust jackets now save those dust jackets put them in the shelf vertical because they're very pretty uh, so Ryder where can we find you and Literary Disco online where can we uh, you know I mean I'm, I've pulled back on my Twitter usage in this crazy world but I still am on Same. Twitter so at Ryder Strong uh, with an I and then um, at Literary Disco yeah we have our podcast is um, it's we're part of Lit Hub now we got uh, absorbed by Lit Hub which is a great company it, to be in I like it it makes it sound like it's not something that happened voluntarily like <laughs> Lit Hub came in like yeah. just absorbed well it was yeah they, you know they reached out to us we were like this is awesome because we had always been sort of our 
are, you know, a shoestring operation that we are doing completely on our own. And they came in and they were like, do you guys want to make this official and be a podcast on our podcast network? And we were like, yes, please. And Mm -hmm. so like, we finally have advertising, which we didn't have for six years. It's a game Um, changer. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so uh, we're on LitHub, uh, which is a great site in general for everybody to check out. And um, we're one of the podcasts there. Um, yeah, and then reach out to me, uh, whatever, on Twitter. Do you want to talk about anything else? Your play? Anything? No, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a play. <laughs> it's like, no, already, no, it's no. past, <laughs> it's over. Now I'm just writing movies. So, you know, I got nothing coming out anytime soon. So. And so if listeners want us to solve their reader problems, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are on our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to help us feed our cats and Bria's uh, very old, adorable dog, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It makes us really happy. It makes us feel really good about ourselves. Uh, it's, it helps us reach more readers. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported